we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Greetings and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts. I'm Willow Truman. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And in today's episode, we're talking about two people who have a special talent that would make the Weather Channel jealous. Mm. Meet Don Decker and Lily Stoat, two individuals who have the unique ability to make it rain dollar dollar bills, y'all. I feel like I should have had a quick joke, a one-liner for making the Weather Channel jealous. No idea what it would be. (laughs) Absolutely zero clue. There was the right place for it. God. (laughs) Oh, fucking weather people hated Lily Stote. They hated this old woman. She made him look bad? Yeah. Uh, They just, they they were like, she can't do what she says. She's lying. How do you know? Right? Yeah. No, okay. There's a catch, though. Don Decker, he might be possessed by the devil. Oh. And Lily Stowe, she's just a, a harmless little old lady from the 1940s. Or is she? I mean, bullshit, yeah. If anyone's possessed by the devil, it's her. <laughs> yeah. No, she's she's just an old lady. She was accused of being a witch a lot. Well, I mean... You know, yeah. kind of antiquated. Like, come on, guys. We're in the 20th century. She, I don't like, know if she's making it fucking rain everywhere she goes. Like, she might be a witch. Yeah. This is what Rain Man should have been about. <laughs> you know, you had this guy who's like counting toothpicks faster than I can say blackjack, yeah, was... but he can't even make it rain. Here's here's an idea. What if Rain Man actually could make it rain, but just chose not to because he prefers sunny weather? Because he was just a gambling addict? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I would have I would have liked to see that version of the movie, you know. Yeah. Some some weather powers, but that's what we're here for today. We're talking about our very own Rain Man and Rain Woman. I feel like any reasonably useful weather powers would be like the least spectacular thing in the world. Yeah. And it's like their powers are incidental. They're not on purpose. Like they didn't. No. no. You know, because we've been trying to alter weather for centuries, right? Sure. You know, it's just a thing that humans do. It's trying to impact the weather because it impacts us yeah. very highly. But no, it's like these two, I don't know, it sounds impressive. They can make it rain, but maybe they just have really good timing, <laughs> you know? Because it's like, if you're doing a rain dance during monsoon season, well, like, sure. Well, yeah. It's, it's going to rain. And if you're, like, chanting some incantations during a thunderstorm, hoping to see lightning, like, guess what? The lightning's coming. So, what I don't know. About, what about going into the cave from which humanity emerged at the dawn of time and making it rain on command in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. I'll tell that anecdote at the end. Oh, shit. Yeah. I can't wait for that. (laughs) Oh, boy. Not a firsthand, but a secondhand anecdote. Damn. It's a good one. So it's like, I don't know. Are Don and Lily just riding the coattails of these perfectly timed atmospheric conditions? Or is there something else going on? Is there something deeper? Because like we said... There's this eerie and unsettling rumor about Don Decker, you know, that his rainmaking abilities don't even come from him. That's the devil. It's the fucking devil. Now, they they weren't able to do it on command. It just happened. It happened. Okay. Don and Lily's powers differ. Okay. 
and you'll see how. But no, they couldn't just like, well, Don did eventually learn how to, you know, rub his fingers together and fucking make it rain. You know, you you doubt my powers? Watch me. But up until that point, it seemed to just sort of like it happened by accident after the trauma floodgates burst open. Mm. And then it just started raining, which is very, you know, poetic (laughs) in a way. Sure. I guess. I I remember when I was like in... um... I was in elementary school. I was in fifth grade, like the last year of our elementary school. And we did like the fit. It was called the fifth grade bike hike. Mm-hmm. We all got on our little bikes and we rode to uh, the park like a mile or two down uh, some back roads and stuff. And it's like the event, the event of the the, of the year. Everyone mm-hmm. looked forward to the bike hike. You got to spend a day outside of school on a bicycle with a whole bunch of other kids. Big deal. My uh, my bike hike. We got to the park and we were having a good old afternoon. Back when an hour afternoon felt like seven hours. It started to rain. It started to rain. We weren't going to be able to bike back because if it was raining, no. it might melt the children or something. And I remember like being the weirdo little kid that I was staring up the clouds, trying to make them go away. Uh, yes. They did. <laughs> you did that. I, I did that. You fucking did that. And that's why I am the man I am today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like... So I don't fucking know if Don Decker was possessed or what was happening there. But what's really interesting about his whole thing is that there were a lot of eyewitnesses. Okay. So I don't know, unless all the eyewitnesses are crazy, too, then it's definite possibility. But we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we're not here to rain on anyone's parade and determine whether or not these things actually happened, their validity. We're just here to have fun and talk about the devil. (laughs) So, um, yeah, before you go and grab your umbrella, we're going to draw a tarot card real quick because that's something that we do on this show. And then we'll talk about it at the end of the episode and how it relates to everything. We've got the moon. The moon? The moon. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's what we got. All right. And now let's talk about Miss Lily Stout. Okay. Well, the moon is, uh, that's an interesting card. That's like, that's a, it's a fearsome card, the moon. Um, I like it for this. Okay. I never like it. I, uh, it's, it's, uh, everyone has like a card they really don't like seeing. Mm -hmm. You expect like, oh, the tower or whatever. The moon is my, like, I don't fucking, I'm not pleased whenever that thing shows up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, because the sun shines light. During the daytime, it does. The moon shines light on all the stuff at night that doesn't want to be seen. It doesn't even use its own light either. Yep. So if you would, oh yes, you play us a song. Raindrops are falling on my head, and just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling So I just did me some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling But there's one thing 
So I'm about to lay out a scene for you to imagine. It's 1939. The sky is blue and cloudless. The weather is warm and sunny. And seated on a green bench is a woman in her late 60s. Nearly deaf. She's wearing tiny, round metal glasses. There's a hat placed on her head and a black umbrella in her hand that she holds above her head. And around her are hundreds of onlookers. Floridians. <laughs> and they're waiting to see if she'll make it rain. You see, there's been a five-month drought in frost-proof frost <laughs> Florida. Oh, this is going to be hard for yeah. me. Fuck. <laughs> frost-proof Florida. The fruit growers are getting sick of it. The fruit growers in frost-proof Florida. Yeah, so a desperate orange baron uh, sought out this strange woman due to her reputation for making it rain. Her name? Lily Stoat. Hmm. It's a cute name. It is. Yeah. Her tiny little weasel of a woman. She really is very weaselly. <laughs> pictures of her. The woman from Oxford, Mississippi had a few nicknames. The Mississippi Marvel, the Mississippi Water Lily. Oh, Jesus. But the Mississippi Rainmaker is the one that like took off. I don't know. I like the Mississippi Water Lily. That's it. Yeah, that's a cool one. Mississippi Marvel. <laughs> I mean. I just want to like see her hobble up wearing like um, a head to toe superhero costume spandex. The Mississippi Marvel. <laughs> the Mississippi Water Lily is the best donkey show south of the mason dicks <laughs> <God. Jesus. laughs> yeah so up until this point in time before she went to frostproof she had a little bit of notoriety but this is what would cement her as a legend and the most famous woman in history in history yeah. <laughs> no nobody knows who the fuck she is <laughs> yeah according to the legends lily was a real character she was reportedly known for her feisty personality her love of moonshine and her ability to make grown men cower in fear with just a look hell yeah i'm just kidding none of that really? <laughs> <laughs> i'm filling in a lot of blanks there okay <laughs> Lily was born November 13th, 1871, to Joseph and Mary Jane Stoat. Joseph was a carriage maker who gave up wagon crafting to chase a bigger dream. Potion concocting. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Is that real? Or yes. is that a bit? Okay. That's real. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Joseph Stoat was known in the community for an elixir that could cure fistulas. Dubbed the Stoat Microbe Destroyer. Excuse me while I look up what a fistula is. I didn't do that. Okay. It's an abnormal connection between two body parts. Ugh. She's, she's making... People get them in their butts. for that? Yeah. Ugh. So he created a, <laughs> a potion called the Stoat Micro Destroyer. <laughs> he and was making potions for sewn up buttholes? Yeah, get rid of those fistulas. All right. <laughs> Lily, of course, was a member of the family business. She took it very seriously, and she continued the business on after Joseph passed away. Okay. And she lived a quiet, modest life in a small cabin on the outskirts of Oxford and expanded their potions to include things like the Stoat Pain Exterminator and the Stoat Chill Pad. Okay. Lenny? I just, there's this weird old woman in Mississippi. Making, making potions. Okay. She can also make it rain. Yep. I don't know. if She's the devil, dude. <laughs> she's the real she's devil. She's the devil. In 1918... Lily sent a very weird letter to the president of the local board of supervisors 
We don't have the letter, but I did make an approximation. <laughs> okay, like, yes. Yeah. All right. <sighs> you just do this. Uh, okay. No, this is true. There is information in here that is awful. Okay. Dear President, it is my duty to inform you that members of my family, including myself, possess a rare ability. Whenever my brother William tries to go fishing, it inevitably rains. It happens every time. It eventually came to a point where he would only try to go fishing when he wanted it to storm that day. On a recent trip to Memphis, where there had been a drought, I believe that my arrival and the end of the drought may have had something to do with one another. You see, the same thing happened to me in Arkansas. There had been a months-long drought, and then as soon as I arrived, it rained. Now, President, on Monday, I went to Quick Pond, Quick Mill Pond because it seems like these raining spells coincide with my spending time near bodies of water. Sure enough, it rained Tuesday. I tend to test out my theory, and I would like, like the board to watch me do it. I know it sounds foolish, but that does not matter. If we can get rain when needed, I would like to be the woman to provide it. Thank you. Lily Stoke. Yeah. Now, when you told me that you filled in the blanks, I was just waiting to say something ridiculous. <laughs> nope. It was perfectly normal. You just filled in the blank. Yes. Okay. Yep. That is just an approximation of the letter, including cool. true details of her brother. And Cool. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. It's just a thing in their family. Like, apparently her brother had it too, you know? So yeah. um, she sends this letter and nobody responded. Or if they did, we don't know about it. Right on. And years go by. Lily continues making her elixirs in her little cabin. And it wouldn't be until 20 years after this in Frostproof, Florida, that her hidden rainmaking abilities would finally be put to the test. It was a Friday when Lily arrived in Frostproof, a city 70 miles from Orlando. A band of citrus growers led by one John Maxey, chairman of the Citrus Commission. What a guy. Was eagerly awaiting her. It's a powerful man. Yeah. See, he hadn't contacted her. Lily contacted him. She had written to Maxey stating that she would provide assistance in killing the five-month drought. She just needed 25 bucks for the train ride there. <laughs> and if she could make it rain, throw in an extra hundred, please. She promised she could make it rain... Anywhere in the vicinity of 150 miles to 200 miles, as long as you give her one to seven days. And I got to say, that's a wide margin, Lily. For rain? <laughs> one to seven days? If I say, listen, only pay me if it happens. Only pay me if it happens. Within seven days. Yeah. I'd just be taking train rides all over the place. Yep. Coll making it rain. Yeah. Collecting that foot, stacking that cash, dude. Right? That's the best grift I have ever heard of. It's a great Fucking grift. incredible. Until one time it, it, does, it doesn't. But then you just don't pay her. Yeah. Move on to the next town. <clears throat> yeah. They ain't got telephones. So. You probably do, but whatever. She's described in the papers as frail, mouse-like, an elderly spinster who was very deaf. <laughs> it's just like, so you just, can't tell her she conned you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the papers make this a big deal, by the way. Like, okay. they're, you know, Rainmaker set to arrive in Frostproof. Okay. Like, they're hyping it up. They, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. a lot going on. There's not a lot going on in Frostproof. Florida. Yeah. So, she gets there. She, stays, she stations herself by Lake Reedy because, again, her powers only work if she sits near a body of water and concentrates on it. Right, right. Like, that's how she makes the rain happen. So, day one. Lily takes her seat at the green bench that would serve as her throne during her time there. She points at the sky and screams, there it is. The clouds are gathering. But wait, wait. you wrote that in all caps. I'm imagining uh, just this old cackling woman <laughs> with thunder. There it is. There it is. The clouds gather. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the people look up and they're like, yeah, that's the same shit that's been there every day since the beginning of the drought. <laughs> but nevertheless, Lily's very determined. She feels she, rain is coming. I just know it. So day two, Lily yeah. comes back. She eats a man-sized portion of ham and eggs this time. Some coffee. Yeah, she had to get goes, her energy up. Yeah, man-sized portion. She goes back to the green bench, umbrella above her head. You know, she's attracted a crowd. They all want a glimpse at this strange woman. And the people all had questions for her, but she couldn't fucking hear them. Yeah. So they'd write their questions down and, like, pass them to her, and she would read them and answer and pass the time and... Everybody would quiet to hear her speak in her cultured drawl. Holy shit, I did the right accent. You did. Damn. That she's the devil. Devil's got a cultured drawl. From Mississippi? A cultured drawl from Mississippi. An old lady? Yeah, I mean, no, like, no one suspects that. No. All the other characteristics, dude. Yep. <sighs> so, day three, still no rain. It's Sunday. Nearby church holds an all-day prayer service for Lily. Some churchgoers thought it wasn't proper for her to work on the Sabbath. She should be resting on Sunday. It's not proper. She's yeah. the devil. <laughs> and others argued, uh, where's the rain? It's not working. The weatherman predicted another sunny day. Lily said, well, that guy's not a true believer. Continued sitting on her green bench. Soon clouds began to form. Light rains were reported around the city. But just sprinkles. Mm -hmm. Just little teeny tiny sprinkles. <laughs> Lily and the media deemed the light sprinkles a great success. She came, she sat, she conquered, wrote the Palm Beach Post. <laughs> Lily left, and the day after, the rain poured down heavily in Frostproof. Oh, shit. And as the rain poured down, the stage contracts and radio appearances poured in. Lily's star power was rising. Oh, no, it's never good for, for when you've got magic powers. It doesn't, no. it doesn't work like that un uh -uh. unless you're Yuri Geller. He somehow got away with it. <clears throat> so in Frostproof, Lily was a hero. She was the guest of honor at a farewell party, and then she left and toured other sections of Florida. She was given $125 in gifts by her admirers and a bottle of French perfume. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Um, I wonder, did she smell like shit? Did she smell like all those potions? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Lily, do you ever shower? No. Only when it rains. Only when it only when <laughs> <laughs> The citizens of her hometown, Oxford, had arranged a celebration for her return. She did, however, have her detractors, specifically the local weather community. <laughs> Imagine what that crowd's like. Oh, God. You know, they stated it's, it's impossible for someone to be able to control the weather. Sure. And I'm sure her detractors were happy when, you know, the celebration party to greet Lily never happened because Lily decided to take a bus and arrive in the dead of night. She wanted to avoid everyone. She didn't want any pomp and circumstance. Okay. She only glanced at the pile of fan mail that had accumulated while she was away. Like, she just... She, she's trying to maintain a low profile, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Okay. All right. I like that. It's a good yeah. sign. Well, it didn't take long for Lily's powers to be requested for use elsewhere. First Nebraska, North mm. Dakota, and the New Yorkers, all the end states. Mm. Uh... And then, not North Carolina, though. Or Nevada. Nope. New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Good job. New Even Mexico. all your end states. <laughs> <laughs> all she asked for in exchange for her services was, you know, gotta have enough money to get there. 
and take care of me while I'm there. <laughs> Gotta tuck me in. Yeah, New Jersey. <laughs> Feed me breakfast. Yeah, New that, Jersey. I think that's it. God, wow, I think that's, that's a lot. And okay, Lily felt very strongly about only traveling by train too. Like she's not going to take a plane anywhere. She didn't like the idea of flying. Interesting. As she explained it, I know too much about what's in the sky. What? She did not elaborate that comment. What? Okay. It's a creepy comment. This took a turn. <laughs> so <laughs> the next invitation that Lily accepted would be from Texas. They invited her basically to be an attraction at the fair. But she also went for another reason. You see, she had again offered her services to the town of Harlingen, Harlingen Texas. Surely you read or heard about my trip to Florida in March when I broke the drought there. I make no contracts, but will accept donations from people who are benefited by the rain and are able and willing to pay. If this interests you, let me know. Can go any time. How nice of you, Lily. Only there's one problem. There's another rainmaker in town. Oh, shit. Joe Junkin. Joe Junkin. <laughs> <laughs> this town ain't big enough for the two of us. No, certainly not. No, Joe Junkin was none too pleased about this outside talent being brought in. He's I like, can't imagine he would be. He's a native Texan. He's Jeez. like, I'm going to be the man to end this drought. He's Joe Junkin. Fair officials did not care about Joe Junkin. Oh. They just kept going about their business as usual. But while they did this, Junkin was plotting. See, just days before the fair was set to begin, Junkin made a threat. Mm. He was going to make it rain before Lily arrived, thus rendering her services useless. In response to the threat, fair officials kind of just shrugged. <laughs> okay, we we'll do it. We don't care. And another twist. Junkin said... He would hold off on making it rain if he was paid. Mm. Fair officials were like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Joe Junkin. So Lily left for Texas the weekend before the fair, which began on January 23rd, 1940. But before she could arrive, the rain came, delaying the fair by 24 hours. Lily would later claim credit for the rain, as would Joe Junkin. I mean... Give the credit to Joe. That's Joe that's Junkin's, Junkin's doing. That's that's <laughs> Junkin's reign. That's, that's, Junkin said he'd do it. He did it. <laughs> so the 18th annual Valley Midwinter Fair would officially kick off on January 25th, delayed because of the rain. And Lily was one of, if not the main attraction. Fair officials had constructed a large, elaborate stand for Lily to sit on during her rain ritual, but she refused it, opting instead for just a nice normal chair. She pulled it to the edge of a local canal and sat. But they weren't as nice to her in Texas as they were in Florida. Like, in Florida, they were like, you know, she's just an eccentric old lady, but harmless. In Texas, she's a fucking punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> the Valley Morning Star kept running these really mean stories about her. Uh, they called her the Mississippi Mud Maker. God damn it. In one column. Uh, implied that she was a witch, that she'd been in Old Salem, and that she should be burned at the stake. Jesus. She also became an adversary of the local Texas religious circles. You know? Oh, get, God. Get this rainmaker out of here. Oh, fuck. A firebrand Baptist reverend preacher. I mean, that'll do it. Yeah. A firebrand Baptist preacher, Reverend Doug Carver, led the charge against her. Dedicating an entire sermon centered around Lily Stoat called Pagan Practices. Who makes it rain? 
That's the second best donkey show South of Mason After a few days at the fair and only a light sprinkle, Lily left. And she was left kind of like licking her wounds after the fair debacle. I mean, you know, that was Junkin's reign, really. And then light sprinkle, come on. So she kind of goes back into the shadows until it's time to go back to the Sunshine State, Florida. Of course, Lily knew too much about what was in the sky (laughs) and refused to travel by plane. Well, maybe she should have, because the train that she had taken to Florida had hit a switch in Pine Grove, Georgia, causing the engine and five of the train's cars to flip over. Shit. Two people, the engineer and a fireman, were killed. Lily was fine. So you see, it's been happening forever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trains aren't as safe as you want them to be. No. So once she arrived in Plant City, the winter strawberry capital of the world, apparently. Sure. She took her place by Walden Pond and ate strawberries while a thousand Floridians (laughs) watched and waited. What a beautiful scene. Yeah. And of course, hours after Lily arrived, the skies started to darken. That's because the sun was setting. It wasn't because of the clouds. Mm. Two days later, (laughs) at four o'clock, a cloud burst. I mean, it's Florida. Yeah. It's Florida. It's Florida. It fucking rains there. Yep. Lily said that this rain was only the beginning and she would stay there until there was a good rain. Wait, can you say it in in the accent? A good rain. Well, that'll do you folks some real good. Yeah. So Lily then moved her headquarters to Lakeland, Florida and sat beside Lake Mirror. Eight days later, downpours came... The best showers in weeks. Like, fucking eight days. Like, come on, That's you're switching locations. Stay late. <sighs> We're stretching it, Lily. Yeah. But, you know, the local mayor said, people are so overjoyed. They're standing in the streets in the <laughs> middle of the downpours. Please thank Mrs. Lily. <laughs> like, she's just, she, you know, the rain was going to happen anyway. So she's like, you know, that, that was me. I'm doing I it. I mean, in, it's Florida. Yeah. It's like that is the it's the craziest weather I've ever seen in my life. Like it just does that shit. Yep. I mean, I guess it's drier in the winter, but like it's Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Texas is impressive, but that's Joe Junkins doing. Fucking Joe Junkins. <laughs> that's his turf. You stay out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Lily accepted a challenge in Arkansas, a decision that would pretty much lead to her downfall. Okay. The location that she chose to perform her ritual, um, Lake Amaral, as soon as she sat beside it, it fucking dried up and became a small pool. What? Yeah. And things only became more bleak. Joe Junkin drained the lake. (laughs) (laughs) He drank all the water. It had been four days and still no rain. Oh, shit. A headline read... Rainmaker still not doing very good. Oh, shit. <laughs> there was also an earthquake. Oh. And um, for a woman who believed in omens, this is a, this is a bad one. So Lily's like, I think I'm going to just move to a different <laughs> spot. Hopefully this new area will help the rain come. So she goes to a nearby river and crowds swarm her there. She's the guest of honor at a barbecue, which was probably the only nice thing that happened the entire time she was there. Yeah, yeah. You know, nice barbecue. No luck bringing any sort of rain. So she, tail between her legs, goes back to Oxford, Mississippi, saying, I don't think there's any use to stay here any longer. (laughs) Her trip was deemed a complete 
failure. Oh. As one newspaper stated, the only thing that dampened during her stay in Arkansas was Lily's spirits. Not much would be said about Lily Stowe after the calamity in Arkansas. Maybe a stray story here or there, but for the most part, she would disappear into obscurity. Dude, I love how one failure can just fucking sinks you as a magician. You're just not allowed to fail once. (laughs) Then on December 3rd, 1946, only seven years after being crowned the Mississippi Rainmaker, Lily Stowe passed away at the age of 75. She'd never married. Her body now resides in Oxford Memorial Cemetery, where she's buried beside her father, the fellow potion maker. Yeah. yeah. And that's the story of Lily Stoat. <laughs> most famous woman in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Making it rain in Texas is pretty. Uh, what does she know about this, guys? I want to know. You know, like, that's a hell of a thing to say. Yeah. Like. Like it almost like I wonder if she's like the uh, one of the UFO whispers, you know, that like can supposedly fucking call UFOs to him. Yeah. Which is like there's if you've never heard of that before, there's like way more stories than you would imagine with like lots of people saying they saw it about people who can supposedly call fucking UFOs. That's a common thing, right? Yeah. So when she says like, oh, I know what's up there in those skies. <laughs> like, is she fucking telepathically asking the UFOs to do some weather shit? Is that like the medium talking to the spirits as she would probably think of it? Mm-hmm. Fucking, I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. There's not even close to enough information for me to make a uh, a call on Lily. Yeah. I want like, it's a fucking great, great grift. To just be like, oh, if it rains in the next seven days, pay me a hundred bucks. <laughs> it's a good grift. I really gotta hand it to her. Like, and I fully do believe that like she she thought that she was causing the rain. I mean, look, all I'm saying is if even even if she had some rain calling abilities, going to Florida and saying it'll rain in the next seven days. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get paid. She's trying to get paid. It's no hate. I would do. I might try it. So are we ready to talk about the devil? We already did, dude. <laughs> like, honest, honestly, though, that's this this bitch fucking hangs out in Mississippi. Making potions making, in the fucking cabin. Making butt potions. Yeah. <laughs> making you potions know. to unpucker your asshole. You know, just using her fan mail uh, as um, kindling for the yeah, fire. fucking whatever. It's not what it's about. Consorting with demons in the sky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Texans saw right through her. Oh, yeah. Joe, <laughs> Joe Junkin's been fighting the devil his whole life. It's true. <laughs> Every day. Every day, Joe Junkin's battled the devil. Joe Junkin's got Archangel Mikael inside of him. No, Joe Junkin has the devil inside of him. That's where the <laughs> battle happens. <laughs> it's the battle between the devil and the devil. Yeah. All right. If you please, would you play the song before the Don Decker? Hero. 
Don Decker incident. It's an incident? Yeah, when you add incident to anything, it makes it sound more serious and cool. Much much more so. <clears throat> All right, now I sound normal again. So, the Don Decker incident, it's among the most compelling claims of paranormal activity ever recorded. And what exactly okay. makes it so compelling? It's supported by the testimony of no fewer than four police officers and a jail supervisor. Oh, sweet. Some of the world's most credible people. Yeah, the most trustworthy people. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. None of them were ever. No, why would they lie about things that they saw? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got them. Got them, you fucking assholes. Having eyewitnesses does make, you know, paranormal things more credible and compelling. If you have like five or six separate people and it was, there was more than just police officers. There's like a landlord (laughs) 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 and a landlord's wife. Holy shit. (laughs) Holy fucking shit. (laughs) This is getting worse and worse by the minute. (laughs) Like it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a supernatural explanation to what they all saw, but it's interesting that so many people like separate people who don't have connections to one another would corroborate one another's stories. Sure, sure. Um, and the events that comprise what I'm referring to as the Don Decker incident were recounted for two popular TV shows, Unsolved Mysteries in 1993, and more recently, Paranormal Witness, which aired in November 2011 on the Sci-Fi Channel. Barely recently. I hate it when Sci-Fi changed their their spelling. I don't even want to talk about it. God. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's the worst I mean, I guess thing I've ever seen in my it life. makes it easier to like go to the website worst when fuck, you just worst look fucking up. thing I've ever seen in my life. I, yeah. <laughs> so with the help of Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries, I'm going to tell you all about what took place those many many years ago. <laughs> 1983. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the story starts at Grandpa's funeral, basically. Uh, Don's grandpa? Don's, yeah. Don's grandpa. So Don Decker was serving a prison sentence at Monroe County Correctional Center in Pennsylvania. Okay. He was in jail when he received the news that his grandfather, James Keyshaw, had died. And honestly, Don was relieved. He didn't like that man. I was glad that he had died. Okay. But Don wasn't about to turn down a week out of jail to attend the funeral and visit family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let Robert Stack take it away. We commit his body to the ground. (laughs) Earth to earth, ashes. February 24th, 1983. In Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, the funeral of James Kishpa is in progress. He had died of cirrhosis of the liver at the age of 63. The Lord look upon him with favor and give him peace. His grandson, 21-year-old Don Decker, had been granted a furlough from the county jail to attend the funeral. We would like to invite you to come forward and pay your last respects. Don was serving a four to 12 month sentence for receiving stolen property. It was a capstone of a troubled adolescence. It's not the worst. Uh, no one knew <laughs> that Don had been keeping a dark secret. Uh-oh. 
He says that his grandfather, James, the man he was now obliged publicly to mourn, had abused him physically from the time he was seven years old. No other part of the family knew anything about, you know, what happened. And uh, it was like, uh, you know, like good fighting evil, I, I basically I put it, you know. Um, the evil was gone, and uh, I was hoping, you know, that everything would change. Yeah, so... It's a weird fella. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> like, for a man that spent so many years in jail, he has such a softness. He didn't spend that many years in jail. Yeah. Four to 12 months. I guess not. That was less than one year. Yeah, but he... I guess I say that because he ends up going back to jail. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. At, but at, truly, at this point, you're right. At yeah. this point, he's not, um, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but dude, he is, I mean... Just, you, he's got a softness to the way that he speaks in this interview. Sure. He's got these these big baby blue eyes and a big brown mustache. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, weird people can do crimes, too. Yep. <laughs> So Grandpa's dead. Don's hoping that things will change now because the evil's gone. Mm. Well, they do. They change a lot. After the funeral, Don decides to spend the night with his friends Bob and Jeannie Kiefer. And that's when unexplainable things start to happen. It's at the Kiefer's home that, you know, all the feelings stirred up at the funeral, having to watch all these people, like, you know, grieve the man that abused you. Sure, sure. It's pretty rough. All these feelings come up and they're haunting Don and... You know, having to listen to people say nice things about this guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Fuck that. He yeah. couldn't get his sucks. mind off of it. He just kept replaying it over and over and over again. <clears throat> Suddenly, Don feels this deep chill. And at the same time, water begins to drip from the living room walls like they're leaking. Whoa. And Don falls into this strange trance-like state. And the Kiefer's notify the landlord, Ron Van Wy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Ron arrives, he's just as puzzled by the problem as the Kiefer's. He has no idea why this is ha- happening at all. Whoa. I, <clears throat> you're a bad landlord? <laughs> you got fucking leaky pipes? Yeah, right? Fix your pipes, Ron. Hi, Ron. This is Bob Kiefer. The phone rang, and I got a call from my tenant, Bob. And he said, uh, you have to come down. We have a problem. And I said, well, what's the problem? He says, well, he says, I can't tell you. He says, just come down. He says, but he says, you have to come down right away. Hey, Bob, what's up? Thanks. We've got a leak here. When Ron arrived, he was just as puzzled as the Kiefer's about the cause of the problem. Look, it's on the walls, too. Sure is. We decided that maybe, you know, some plumbing, but there were no pipes in the front end of the house to leak. There was basically nothing there that the water could have come from. It could be some condensation or ice melting or something like that. After watching it for a while, I discovered that it wasn't only coming from the ceiling down. It could come from the wall over or from the floor up. There was no... You know, no basic direction that it was coming from. You know, it could come from anywhere. <laughs> you hear that? It could come from anywhere. It could come from anywhere. That's weird. It's very weird. Uh, where where are they again? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, okay. What um, what time of year? Do we know? I don't. I do not know. Okay. 
So, um, Ron calls his wife, whose name is Romaine Van Wy. Ron and Romaine Van Wy. We got some names. Joe Junkin. I don't believe in this. Lily Stowe, dude. What the fuck is this? Are you kidding me? So, Ron calls his wife, but, but he also, this is such an interesting decision. He calls the police. (laughs) Can we act out the police phone call? Let's see. <laughs> you could be 911. Okay. So this is okay. So this is Ron calling the police? Yes. Okay. Like what how do you Okay. 911 speaking. What is the nature of your emergency? Oh my god, please. Come quick, help. You need to help. Help us. Sir, sir, I'm going to need you to calm down and explain to me what's happening. There's water leaking everywhere. I'm getting soaked. It's raining inside, and I'm Ron Van. Don't know why this is happening. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. We'll send an officer over immediately. And then the police arrive on. Was that like, was was that the actual? No. How is this an emergency? <laughs> that like, was. Was there really nothing else going on? So that that wasn't the actual transcript. <laughs> no. Okay. Just I need to make sure now. I'm Ron Van. Don't know why this is happening. I mean, that's that's what gave it away. <laughs> I was really freaked out. I mean, <laughs> like, I wonder what his demeanor was on the phone. It's just like, um, I don't really know who to call for this. Uh, yeah. There's just there's something happening. Yeah. Like, how would you present that? Yeah, that's Probably odd as fuck. Like, in why, that manner. Why? What? Yeah. For a landlord. So the police like, arrive oh, on weird. the scene. Wee-oo, wee-oo. That's, that's, why are you doing that? That doesn't add up to me. Ron Van White telephoned his wife, Romaine, and police officer John Bojan. <laughs> officer Bojan didn't know what to make of the strange scene inside the Kiefer house. He brought in his partner, patrolman Richard Wolbert. On this, man. I'm not sure I'm seeing what I'm seeing. If you don't tell me what's going on, I'm not going to go in there, John. At this Richard point, he was telling me, I just want you to walk into the house. And I said, well, I'm not walking into the house unless you explain to me what I'm walking into. He says, trust me, trust me, just walk into the house. I walked in the door, and he came right in behind me, and I couldn't have got two steps inside the front door, and I was absolutely pelted. Richard, now you see what I'm talking about. What is this, water? Yeah, it's coming from everywhere. We were standing just inside the front door, and then there's a droplet of water traveling horizontally, and it just passed right between us and just traveled out into the next room. It happens all the time. Unbelievable. And this is only happening in this room. The rest of the house is dry. Come look in the dining room. It's not happening there. I literally had a chill going up my spine. It make, like make the hair stand up on your neck. That's how, uh, that's how I felt. This was a situation where things were happening that I never, ever dreamed could possibly happen. And there was no way of explaining what was going on. We're going to get you outside and we're going to take it from there. Let's just go outside. Come on. Yeah. I'd like to stick around. At this point. Okay. That's fucking sick. Yeah. That's fucking sick as hell. They're I love it. Horizontally. Dude, I love it so much. That's some weird shit. Horizontal rain. It's so fucking good. So the officers go because they're like, we got to tell the police chief about this. Like, what is he going to do? I don't understand. Which, okay. They're just going to, they're just waiting for someone that's not them to call the priest. Yeah. <laughs> so the Kiefer's and Don walk across the street to go get something to eat. There's like a pizzeria over there. And Ron Van Wy and Romaine stay at the house. And what do you think happens as soon as Don leaves? Mm. It stops? Yep. Hmm. They left, and 
Everything else left, too. The rain stopped. The house was normal. Ron, look, it's stopping. We were kind of thinking that maybe it was coming from them. And uh, we weren't sure at that time which one. But uh, we, we kind of figured, you know, because when they left, it left, you know. So we, we were sure it was had something to do with one of them. It had now been 23 hours since the mysterious rain began. Pam Scrofano, who owned the restaurant opposite the Kiefer's house, had visited them earlier that day and seen the rain firsthand. Worse than this morning? Yes. Pam was convinced it was the devil's handiwork and that the devil was acting through Don Decker. No, 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 you should probably call the church. Have the priest come over and take a look at you. You look, you know, Donnie, and he was like in a trance. You know, he, he would look at you, but not knowing that you were there. I said to Junior, I said, you know. Pam Scrofano. He's got to be possessed. Yo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We sit in there. This is what a couple seconds later, there's water all over the pizzeria, you too. Have, you have a crucifix? Hey. You have a crucifix? No. I've never seen anything like that happen in my life. So I went in the cash register. I had a crucifix there. I took it out, <laughs> put it on him. And the minute, you know, I put it on him, touched the skin, and he got burned. Yup. It burned. Just leave Cross. So who the hell keeps a crucifix in the cash register? I don't know. I'll tell you who. Pam freaking Scrofano. <laughs> Pam yeah. Scrofano. Okay. So, yeah, it starts raining in the pizzeria, and again, it stops when he leaves. So he's convinced at this point that he's connected to this whole rain business, that it's yeah. something to do with him. It happened at the Kiefer's, and now at Scrofano's Pizzeria. <laughs> uh, now we're back at the Kiefer's house. Romaine Van Wy, the landlord's wife, confronts Don and accuses him of doing all this. Okay. This is your fault. You made it rain in the living room. You made it rain in Pam's place. This is all your uh, fault. It's you, Donnie. Oh You're the God. one that's doing this, and you have to make it stop. The pots and pans that were over the stove, they started rattling. That's when I got levitated off the floor. I was just, like, floating. Donnie. Then it was, like, a push, but, um... It wasn't like somebody taking your hand and pushing you. It was like feeling it all over your body at one. And I'm a big guy, you know. You know, I always have been assertive, and that made me, made me felt like a newborn. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I, I'm I'm scared right now just talking about it. Really. Well, <laughs> it might have something to do with the fucking uh, rain sound effects and the projection they got going on back behind you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So Don gets slammed across the room by an invisible force. Jesus. And um, at this point, Romaine's like, oh, alrighty then. I'll keep my mouth shut. I will stop accusing you of things. So what do you think happens next after this uh, incident in the kitchen with, you know, him being slammed across the room? It rains some more? Nope. Gotta call the cops again. Right, right, right. So cops come back. Well, this better be good, gentlemen. <laughs> Wake me up in the middle of the night. I'm out here. Out a few here, hours after the strange incident in the kitchen, officers Bo Jen and Wilbert arrived with their chief, a hardened skeptic in tow. I got a seven o'clock meeting with the mayor tomorrow. <laughs> when the chief got to the house, he was pelted with weather, just as Rich and I was. It's getting worse. I got the impression that he was put on the spot 
maybe a little bit embarrassed, like we expected something out of him that he could answer. This looks like a problem with your pipes. There was no way to explain what happened, and I think he was put in a position where he might have felt a little uncomfortable. The Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania chief of police would be one of the only eyewitnesses from that bizarre night who denied that anything out of the ordinary had happened. You got me out of bed for this? Chief, this isn't a police problem. This is a plumbing problem. This is yep. a police problem. These people are helpless. These people are having a joke with you. They're having their way with you. Mm -hmm. Look, nobody's being hurt here. Nobody's being threatened. Yeah. You know, I do have a question. Did anyone bring in a plumber at any point? No, no, no. That's not the question. If they know now that the problem is centered around Mr. Don. Yeah. Why isn't he sitting outside? All the shit's getting ruined. Like, it's a good question. Why isn't he sitting in the bathtub? It doesn't seem to happen, like, every single time he's inside, right? Like, no, it, it said happens... that when, it, it, when he left, it left. Yeah. So, like, it stands to like reason. Like, on, on this day, it I guess it happens a bunch, but... I, I think this is the same day. Yeah. And whenever when he's when he's in the pizzeria, it rains. So this is, when this he's is in... all the events following Grandpa's funeral. Yeah. The following days, his week of furlough. Like, it seems like wherever he is, it rains. Yeah. And even if it's not all the time. But it doesn't rain outside. But like, but you still wouldn't want your shit getting ruined. Yeah. So why not just put his ass outside? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, it's an inconsistent, it's. I guess because I wonder if anyone can really truly confront that at this point. Or if they would, you know, because that's a crazy thing to say to someone. Just be like, hey man, you got to go sit outside. Because you're making it rain in here. <laughs> yeah, know? but like they already hung a crucifix, all this shit. Yeah, the crucifix did. He already got flung across the room, it. which I guess, you know, you might want to like not fuck with whatever's flinging dudes across the room. Yeah. Right? But I, I don't know. I don't know. According to the chief of police, it's just a plumbing issue. Well, who knows? Maybe the water mains under the city are all fucked up. Right? I don't know. No. These other two officers, Officer Bojan and the other one. Yeah. They know what they saw. They know what they saw. The police chief ordered his officers to leave the Kiefer house. He instructed them not to file a report. In fact, he directed them not to speak of the incident at all. I think he just wanted out. He could not uh, give us an explanation for it. He couldn't help us. He couldn't provide us with anything more than what we had, you know, we had experienced and what we had come up with. Well, he just flat out denied it. It didn't happen. And he tried to convince me that nothing happened. And he wasn't going to do that. I saw it, and that's all there is to it. Yep. Know what they saw. They fucking know what they saw. So now it's the next day, and three police officers pull up at the Kiefer's. <laughs> Why? Because they completely ignored the chief's orders to, to leave this be. They were like, no, we want to know what the fuck is going on with this rain. One of the police officers is named Bill Davies. Here's him a-talking. Hey, bring your hands behind We're standing there, and I gave Mr. Decker this gold cross to hold. Just hold on to that for a minute. The next thing is, it's burning my hands. It burns! And there's no explanation for it. When you picked it up, when you grabbed it, not hot, hot, but it's hot. And that's when I, and I held on to it. Hey, what's going on here? All of a sudden, he lifted up off the ground and he flew across the room with the force of though a bus had hit him. Oh my God! 
God, Donnie. Look, and uh, right? there was three claw marks on the side of his neck. Those drew blood. My God, look at his neck. Come on. I have no answer for it whatsoever. And <clears throat> I just draw a blank, even to today. Yeah. So that's what happened on that day. And we sort of just brushed past that, and now it's the next day. Okay. And uh, we open up on a bizarre scene of Dawn in the living room. There's an evil upon this house. <laughs> Finally on the third night, Ron Van Huy was able to convince an evangelical preacher, whom we will call Reverend Johnson, to come to the house and attempt an exorcism. We all must kneel and pray. Every Protestant minister and Catholic priest in Stroudsburg had turned Ron down. The Van Huys and the Kiefers kept vigil while Reverend Johnson prayed for Don. Our Father, who art in heaven. As she started to pray, Donnie went into uh, like a, a convulsion, you know, he, he started to shake. Uh, he pulled himself up into like a ball. And uh, the longer she prayed, he started to relax then. His whole body seemed to quiet completely down. And as you're standing there watching this, you could feel the house itself seemed to take on a t total different feeling. This is powerful stuff. And by the time she got done praying, uh, the water was gone. Yep. And that was the last that we saw of any water at the house at all. Yep. Hmm. It worked. Sure. They just needed a Reverend Johnson. Yep. God knows where they found her out of. Hmm. You know, they tried everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. She performed a miracle. What do you think so far about all of this? How the praying worked? Oh, I think it's a con job. Absolutely. The only people you need to trick are the police officers. You can do a magic trick on some cops. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's fucking Why, easy. Why, um, I mean, yo, know, it's 1983. Satanic panic, full swing. Might be trying to get some money somehow from, like, speaking tours or whatever. I mean, we know Don is bought a bunch of stolen shit, right? Like, dude's buying a bunch of stolen shit. He knows criminals, right? Which means he's probably on that side of the tracks to begin with. He doesn't want this ability, though. We don't know. We don't know what's going on there. Yeah. He might just be lying his fucking ass off. The only Could people be. you need to trick are but cops. Like, why? Dude, people con people. Yeah, but not usually not for just to do it. And he wouldn't... Like, why con his friends? Why inconvenience... They're in on it. The people who are... Ron, the Van Wise and, and the friends are part of the part of the con job. They're conning... Pam Scrofano, too? Dude, I saw her hair. Of course. Who keeps a crucifix in a, in a fucking catch register except a very sketchy woman? That's an interesting take on it. That's what happened. I don't know how they would do that. They got a bunch of leaky buckets upstairs. Yeah, but, like, then what about the story with the crucifix and, like, Pam Scrofano? So they're all just, like, lying about the story? Pizzeria didn't happen. Okay. That didn't happen. That's... Okay. Yeah. Because it hinges on the cop's testimony, right? Like, that's the credibility aspect. Yeah. Cops weren't in the pizzeria. The cops got tricked. They had a weird, weird night. That's... Okay. Right? Like... So then how does he make it rain inside of his jail cell? I, I don't have a good answer for that. Because that's what happens next. Well, Let's yeah, I don't, I don't know how that happens. Let's check I don't, it out. Yeah, okay. Guard! Guard! Get me out of here! 
What's the problem here? Look at me. I'm soaking wet. It's all wet. Now get me out of here. Great. Can you get him out of here? They put me in a maximum security cell. And I was in there with a, another hey, inmate. And uh, I was thinking, you know, Smith, you I wish you'd make it rain in here. And all of a sudden, water just started coming out of a concrete floor. And uh, at that point, um, I thought I could do stuff. <laughs> he thought he could do stuff. Thought he could do stuff. Um, by the way, this is really, really random and has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. But I just need to share it before I forget. Did you know that Vanilla Ice's real name is Robert Matthew Van Winkle? I did learn that once, yes. Well. It's very ridiculous. That's that. Yeah. Okay. So it's raining inside the jail cell and he can do stuff. It's a populate. Okay. Okay. Listen. Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania has a population 5,000. Well, 5,927 at, at the 2020 census. That's a small fucking town. Yep. It's a small fucking town. That means the jail guy, some jail guy, someone that works at a jail, that's your buddy. You know what I mean? This is a small town con job. Everyone's in on It's a very stupid con, if so. It's Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's, it's a very useless con the that, fuck that do, nobody benefits the from. The fuck do you expect from yeah. Stroudsburg? They got an Unsolved Mysteries. That's some money. Yeah. They probably thought they could sell a demon book being fucking goddamn uh, satanic panic time and all. I don't know. You stay suspicious, dude. Yeah. These people be conning left and right. I just, it's more fun to um, examine a story without just taking the, it's all fake stance. It's more fun to examine like, what if it is? Like what more, what other explanations are there? You know? Yeah, you can do that. I'll do, I'll, you know, surprise me. Make me, make me believe. I like trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And if it's some if it's some real shit, I'll give it to him. It's an unsolved mystery. All right. So, play this next clip for me, please. What are you doing? You're throwing water under the cell walls from the sink or from the toilet or something? Huh? I can control it. This time it was different. This time Don felt powerful. He realized he could manipulate the rain at will. You could control the rain. I tell you what, if you can control the rain, make it rain in the warden's office. Make it rain in, in, in Dave Keenhold's office. Aha. Mm. So, challenge accepted. Okay. Dave Keenhold go and get rained on. I was sitting at the desk and I was writing a report I was all by myself in administration area. Nobody else was around. It was approximately 8 o'clock in the evening. At the time, I didn't feel anything. My shirt was drooping down. Yeah, come in. Excuse me, Warden. I was just down talking to you. I didn't know what was going on, and the officer told me to look at my shirt. It's a brand new shirt. And right here on about the center of my sternum, about four inches long, two inches wide, I was just saturated with water. And he said he could make it rain. I was startled. I was scared. So was the officer. The officer was very frightened at that particular time. And I just didn't have an explanation of why it happened. All of a sudden, I I received this uh, frantic call. Okay. Reverend William S. Blackburn. Okay. I love right. this man. So what do you do when it starts raining inside? Call Reverend. Yeah. So meet Not the cops. <laughs> meet Reverend William Blackburn. Reverend William Blackburn's definitely in on it. 
If yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this motherfucker. I mean, that's so like that's the that's the other side of the thing, right? Like, like you've you've got the whole satanic panic shit going on. I wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past a reverend to like pay a motherfucker so he could become some famous demon demon battling pre like character. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. And I received this. Uh, this didn't have an explanation of why it happened. All of a sudden, I, I received this uh, frantic call from a sergeant in the jail. His name is Keenhold. And he said, uh, can you come over? We need you. We need your help. Reverend Blackburn, nice to meet you. Sit down, please. Thank you, officer. We'll be fine. So they brought this very meek, mild-mannered young man into the room. And he was asking my help. What is it here? What's going on? I can make it rain. <laughs> cross around my neck and it burned. Rosary in my hand and it burned. Son, don't you think it would be a lot simpler if you just stopped all this nonsense right now? You're making all this up, aren't you? All of a sudden, like that, demeanor changed. And the smell came into the room. <laughs> Sulfur. Uh, nurses and doctors, medical people will tell you that when you walk into a room where someone is dying with oh. cancer or something, usually there's a smell. You can tell when you walk in a room. And I smelled a smell like that multiplied five times at least. Mm. Evil, foreboding. Um, I have powers you don't. <laughs> I can make it rain. Make it rain. And at that point, he raised his hand and he rubbed his fingers together. And all of a sudden, it started to rain. It was like the devil's rain. It was mm -hmm. a mist. I was in the presence of evil. I'm going to pray for you. I don't want you to pray for me. I don't care whether you want me to or not. Prayer is my prerogative. <laughs> and I opened up the Bible and started to read to him. But the pages never got Oh, right. Jesus but fucking Christ. It was a frightening thing. Your wickedness was found in you. Jesus fucking your Christ. your widespread trade. You were filled with violence. I think I was praying more for me than I was for him. <laughs> I prayed, and, I, and it was only a brief period, and the rain stopped. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. He subsided, and you could feel a peace. And he said, thank you. And he got right. tears in his eyes, and we hugged, and we prayed together. It's going to be all right. He was possessed. There's no doubt in my mind. There is no way that a human being could do what he did in that room. There's no way that he did anything but what he did was spiritual. Okay. So there you have it. After that, no more incidents. No more incidents Ever. after that. Ever. No, that's it. That's that. So what does Dawn have to say at the wrap-up of this Unsolved Mysteries episode? Like, what's his takeaway of his experiences, and how does he talk about it and reflect on it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's over. <laughs> and it hasn't happened again. So um, basically, I'm just hoping that it never will. And uh, I just, you know, go day by day. Okay. And uh, as for my grandfather, um, I think what had happened was his doing. Because he abused me when I was young, he got a chance to abuse me again. I think what makes this case very unique is that all of the witnesses are so credible. Chip Decker. Okay. Yeah, hilariously, Unsolved Mysteries features two paranormal investigators who are the principal researchers on this case. And one of them is named Chip Decker. No relation to Don. No? None. Okay. Yeah. 
So where's Don now? Yeah, how's it doing? Well, he uh, was hired by the owner of a restaurant to burn it down and get caught for it. <laughs> he turned himself in, actually. So he's in jail for arson. Yeah, the Rain Man burned down a restaurant. Okay. In 2012. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Got it. So it was an insurance insurance fraud the whole time. Dana's restaurant and tavern. Okay. So Ron Van Wy, they were all in on it because it's an insurance scam and they could all get a little bit of paid. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're all fucking in. It's a town of 5,000. I live in a town of 5,000. So it's like, okay, Pam Scrafano, pizzeria is a piece of shit. They need some money for repairs, you know, it's kind of yeah, yeah, apart. yeah, yeah. What a convenient... Because uh, all you got to fucking do is just, like, get some, like... Bu- How do you like, make an insurance claim for a paranormal event? Like, act will they of God, it? dude. Act of God. That's in the, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Well, then, they kind of got their hands in in a bind there, you know? If an act of God is truly with it, a valid insurance If you get claim, four police, like, a bunch of police officers and a fucking priest to say it's an act of God, dude. All just, like, what... To renovate the house and the pizzeria? No, just get you get paid. I mean, you get paid like the insurance payment will pay for pays for more than like what it would cost to fix the fucking thing and shit, right? Yeah. And it being like the height of like I don't think these people are very bright, right? So like the height of the satanic panic and shit, like nineteen eighty three, you get this. What if Don wasn't even in on the con? What if it was entirely like conducted? What if they had a by, wizard upstairs by like Ron Van Wy and Pam, and like Don was just the convenient patsy who who wasn't even aware. Oh my god! I mean, that'd be that's hilarious. a funny version of it. But Probably like, not the case. No, but. because dude, it happened when he had a week out of jail. Yeah. He, motherfuckers, like, well, what are they gonna do? Arrest me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. Like for what? Making well, it rain inside? That's a very fucking convenient place for him to be at this time, actually. To stage a... That's... Yeah, you would think that someone on furlough for the week wouldn't want the cops around them so much. Right. Or like, you know, it's... it's No one would ever suspect. Like, how, how could you even, uh, you know, plan that or whatever? Yeah. I don't, like, unless you planned it with people inside the prison because they're your fucking buddies. Right. And the cops, because they're your fucking buddies. Because cops are actually... <laughs> I mean, I do think the cops got... Except the chief of police. He's not in on it. He didn't buy it at all. Yeah. He said, like, what the fuck are you talking... Yeah. The the pipes are on the other side of the house. Bitch, water goes places. Mm. Like, you could burst a fucking pipe, direct the water so that it... I mean, yeah, it like flew sideways and shit. I don't know. I think... Sounds like an elaborate... Considering you burned down a restaurant... That he did. You know, that, he burned down a restaurant for insurance money. Um. Yes, he did do that. Yeah. If he didn't do that. And he is in jail for that. If he didn't do that, I might have I might have thought it would be too complex. Yeah. But a town of 5,000? I mean, I respect it. I respect it a lot. I don't know. I, just, I, gotta, I gotta put forward that. I don't have enough information. To make a strong determination as... Oh, I'm not going to place a bet. Yeah. I'm not going to... Well, actually, I would place a bet. But I'm not going to say I know for sure. That's yep. just my assessment of the saga. It's a possibility it seems, amongst a sea of possibilities. I love, but it, I love it's, good It's cons. definitely like... It's higher in the sea. It has more buoyancy yeah. and size to it than other possibilities. It's. Re- I mean, I kind of hope it's a con because it's such a ridiculous, <laughs> elaborate scheme. It is. 
is and I kind of love it for that. Right. Like the idea to stage an act of God with like the with a prison sergeant and like Yeah. You know, and cuz like the fucking Dan Dan Keenfucker or whatever his name. Dean Keen De- Keen Yeah, whatever. this guy. The the evidence for that was just Dan a a wet spot on his shirt, yeah. right? It didn't rain fully in there. Perhaps that could have been splashed onto him right before they even had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now you're thinking like a very stupid insurance. Yeah, fraud. I mean, people are stupid. Yeah, people are easily frauded, and they're easily tricked. Yeah, stage magic is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to hear a crazy anecdote about making it rain, though? I do. Yeah. So. Can I hit your vape? Yeah. Cause like, you know, you know me. I I, I want to believe. No, I don't. I, I don't want to believe. But I heard some weird shit. Uh, native rain ceremonies are are. It's commonly known that that's a thing, right? Yep. Yeah. So you you all just can assume that. Yeah, that's like that's a common fucking thing that magic's been used for in like a lot of cultures. So I'm just not going to go into too much of specifics or whatever. Yeah. Because this is an anecdote that I know secondhand. Uh, my dad was grand uh, canoeing down the or whitewater rafting down the Grand Canyon some years ago, like maybe like four, five years ago. And, you know, my dad's a he's a, he's a skeptical man. Um, we also have uh, we have Native American heritage from from back east. And he's very interested in that side of culture and history and shit. And, you know, he knows a lot about it. So they're whitewater rafting and uh, like also going down the river at a certain time next to them or they meet on the on the river, on the Colorado River is um, is this native dude and a like film crew. They're making a documentary and I don't know if anything ever happened. I don't know if it was like whatever. I've never even looked for it. I don't know if this dude was Hopi or Zuni or uh, Paiute, one of the, I probably Hopi or Zuni because of the creation myth. But my dad got talking to him and shit. And this dude was a medicine man. And he was like, yeah, uh, like our creation myth has, uh, we believe that our, that people came out of the earth yep. in this cave. I just looked up the uh, the name of this cave. It's uh, like Sipapu, right? I just looked that up. I didn't know it beforehand. And he's like, yeah, like, we believe that like humans came out of this cave long, long time ago, and it hasn't rained here in the Grand Canyon in the desert for some time. So we have this thing where we go to this cave deep in there and commune with, you know, the spirit of the earth. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, like ever, these guys are going to film it as I try to make it rain, as I do a rain ceremony. But dad's like, fuck, yeah, that's super cool. Like he talks to him for a couple of hours and, you know, they're, they're just chatting and hanging out and shit but that's the coolest fucking thing ever he didn't tell him where they were like where exactly the thing was because that's apparently a it's a secret Uh uh-huh but they did tell him like the day they were doing it and the time and shit it was like two days later i split up and shit you know dad goes back to whitewater rafting with his crew on that day that at that time i told him in the fucking grand canyon yeah it just starts downpouring out of nowhere so sick yeah yeah and like when what year was this? It's like four or five years ago. Okay. Yeah. So like weather apps exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say that you know. Yeah. Something didn't happen there. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's a very dry place. 
Yep. It wasn't predicted or anything, I don't think. And who knows? It's just uh, like that dude was actually a Native American medicine man. He yep. wasn't performing it for anybody other than, I guess, that film group. But I don't know what happened to that. And like, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Did you ever get the name of that project? Nope. Nope. Hmm. Could probably find it if it exists. Yeah, I was gonna like, say with the right keywords, you could probably yeah. locate it. But like, yeah, no, I got That's I got nothing sweet. else. But it's just like an interesting anecdote about that. About yeah. people making it rain. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, I the rain stopped on my fifth grade bike hike. We got to yep. keep biking. You are a mm. rainmaker or a rain stopper. A rain stopper. Yeah. Which um, I don't know. Which which would you rather, being able to make it rain or being able to make it stop raining? Being able to make it rain. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lifesaver if you need it. I mean, I suppose making it stop raining is too, depending on where you are. But it's never been that dire up here. No, I've never had a dire need for it to stop raining. Yeah, some people have. Yep. That ain't me. And like I don't know, it's kind of it's more spectacular to make it rain. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't. So, like, okay, the moon in regards to Don Decker being a shady criminal... Pisces. ...makes sense. Pisces is the uh, sign of fucking institutions. You know, sort of hidden things. Yeah. Um, I mean, prisons also is... That's ruled by Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Also just... Also the, very emotional. And the concept of mutable water. Changing mm-hmm. water. Just that in yeah. and of itself. Is, Which, is fucking you know, rain. Turning rain on and off. Pisces emotional and rain tears, the symbology. Is, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I Man, I wish I didn't think that it was a fucking elaborate insurance fraud. Yeah. I, I, like, I have some trouble with the jail scenes, like with the raining in the cell. That would have to be super elaborate. Like, I don't think you could get everyone that worked in the jail in on it. I don't know. I also don't know why you would go on well if i guess if you didn't get the insurance payout you'd still try to monetize it yeah well it also makes me think about lily stoat's little scheme because i'm imagining you know if you're at the end of your life if you're old and you've always sort of felt like you kind of have the supernatural ability but you don't really know it's kind of just yeah yeah a mississippi thing like oh what do you know when i go and sit by the lake it rains the next day <laughs> like, she's just sort of had that as a a fun fact about herself for her whole life, but she's never done much about it. She wrote that letter, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18, but then nobody ever responded. So whatever, like gave up on it. And then in her golden years decides like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. My reputation's not at stake. I'm I'm an old ass lady anyway. I can barely walk. I can barely hear. Might as well, um, you know, if I can make it rain, let's test this out. Let's have a little fun. Why not leave a little legacy behind? Hell yeah. You know, so in that way, I respect the grift if it is indeed a grift, which, you know, an intentional one or unintentional <laughs> one. I mean, you know, it's a it's a power that people have claimed to have uh, for a long time. And uh, like there is a long tradition of um, that being a common magical objective. Yeah. And to me, the moon also represents something that's like very that can be illusory very much so yes you know and very very perhaps much so. needs to be brought into light yeah the moon is certainly a card of illusions yeah yeah which is appropriate definitely for both of these cases I definitely believe. definitely i didn't realize there was a link in a in a video for the news article did you want to play that oh yeah should we yeah 
Man accused of setting fire to a restaurant in the Poconos <laughs> turned himself in at federal court in Wilkesbury today. This is the same man who back in the late <laughs> 80s starred in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries because he claimed he could make it rain. And to this day, that case is still a mystery to police in Stroudsburg. Newswatch 16's Reagan Medji is in the newsroom with the unusual story. Reagan. Well, good evening, guys. Donald Decker voluntarily turned himself in this afternoon in federal court in Wilkesbury for setting a restaurant on fire last year in Toby Hanna. Now, this isn't the first time Decker has had a run-in with the law. Back in the 80s, police in Stroudsburg investigated a bizarre case involving Decker, which remains a mystery to this day. This is Donald Decker of Goldsboro when he was interviewed on the primetime national show Unsolved Mysteries back in the 80s for being known as Rain Man, a man who could actually make it rain. Now he's getting attention again, but this time he's facing federal arson charges for setting Dana's restaurant and tavern in Toby Hanna on fire last year. Investigators say he was hired by the owner to burn down the business. <laughs> Decker voluntarily turned himself in at federal court in Wilkesbury. Back in the early 80s, Donald Decker was known as Rain Man to Stroud Area Regional Police, who say Decker could make it rain. Detective Richard Wolbert was on the case back then and says he still can't explain it. Water traveling, flying around the room horizontally. The case grabbed national attention and Decker's story appeared on the TV show Unsolved Mysteries years later. This is Decker being interviewed and Detective Wolbert. Wolbert says the call back in the 80s started off as an investigation into a plumbing problem at a home in Stroudsburg where Decker was staying at the time. I mean, it definitely was a plumbing problem. Um, it was just uh, appearing and then flying around the room. And I was still wearing glasses at the time and I was getting struck in the face. Bro, you're wearing glasses right now. So it was really strange. <laughs> Wolbert says it's a case to this day he has no explanation for. There was something going on in the house and I really don't. You know, I don't know what it was. I mean, his it's, explanation was that a relative had passed away and was, had something to do with it, but <laughs> from him. <I>, the <laughs> guy looks trustworthier in that, that clip because he's older. Yeah. I also think, like, if there was a substance that would attract spirits, it would be water. And in fact, it's pretty common oh. to use that as a medium to draw spirits into. Mm hmm. Especially under there's the light also, of the moon. Uh, yes, there's water in the moon card. Yeah. Out of which a lobster <laughs> is crawling out of. Or a crab, a, some sort of whatever you want to call it. A crustacean of some sort. A crayfish, a crawdad. Yeah. Fucking crawdad, cavalry subs a boil. Yep. Good. Fucking rain magic. Goodness gracious me. Oh my. Well, there you have it, folks. Hell yeah. Story of two rainmakers. Three. Three, Joe, fucking yeah. He's the only one who did it. Joe Junker did it. Joe Junkin. Joe Junkin. Joe Junkin. Joe Junkin's the actual rainmaker. He is. <laughs> he said he, he he said I'm doing this to fucking punish you, right? <laughs> yeah. The motive. You want to bring that motive opportunity? Fair? I'm gonna delay the fair. Straight up, and he did. It's the only like on time, clear objective. Yep. Give it up for Joe Junkin. Give it up. Ladies and gentlemen, the rainmaker. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to make it rain on us, we do have a Patreon. That's fucking smooth, dog. <laughs> <laughs> do have a Patreon. Sign up and uh, get access to bonus episodes and our Discord and other stuff when life gets less crazy.
We're going to be doing some cool stuff on there. Please Get all do that. give us a rating and review if you would please. And tell your friends. Tell your local criminals. Tell your local cops. Don't tell your local cops. Don't tell your local landlords. You can tell your local cops. Don't tell the feds. <laughs> they already know about it. I know. I, 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 well, we don't have to talk about that. All righty, everybody. <laughs> all right. Take Peace care, guys. Out. Love you. Bye.